Spirit, thank you for this, this gathering here tonight. We ask you, God, to just give us uh, uh, your grace tonight that we will learn of you and understand the thing that you would have us to know. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for you tonight and thank God for this, this opportunity that he's given us to be in the house of worship tonight. God is a good God and he's worthy to be praised. All right, good folks. What we're going to do um, on tonight, we're going to begin uh, to to talk about spiritual gifts discovery. You know, one of the things that we said uh, as we were going through the book of First Corinthians, uh, when we got into the twelfth chapter, it talks about um, uh, you know spiritual gifts. So I'm going to ask you to turn to the twelfth chapter, First Corinthians, and that'll be our jumping off point. With this, guys, what my prayer is for this body is that each one of us uh, will have a heart and a mind to really, truly uh, seek God for, for the area where we as individuals can best serve in, in ministry. Uh, this is a very critical, I think, part of, of our church and for each one of us to get an understanding about uh, what... Uh, spiritual gifts are all about and how they operate in the ministry. And so uh, we'll, we'll start our reading here at the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians and, and we'll start at verse number 1. Uh, if you will turn there with me and we'll get started. Again, remember Paul is talking in this letter to the church at Corinth and he says, now dear brothers and sisters regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit has given us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. KJV says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. That's critically important because, guys, if we don't ever really truly study this, our ability to grasp it and understand it is not going to be where it needs to be. Um, if God gave us spiritual gifts, um, we certainly should know and grasp the concept that he wants us to understand spiritual gifts if he gave them to us. Um, many times I know growing up in church, you know, we didn't really talk about what your gifting was. Many, many of us, when we grew up, uh, we thought of spiritual gifts in terms of, uh, singing, right? Oh man, he's really gifted. We say, we, we call singing spiritual gift. And that's a part of what we're going to discover, creative communication or somebody may be able to do whatever. Uh, but our, our, our understanding of what giftings are. We're somewhat limited, which y'all agree. In other words, we didn't really talk about it. We didn't really study it. So what I want to do is uh, through the studies to give us an insight into the purpose of spiritual gifts. And then as we begin to break each one of them down, looking at the character traits. And as you go through a, um, a self questionnaire to ask questions, to discover what's, what's your really what, what what's really your ministry passion? What's your area where you will best serve in? And then so we can kind of put some uh, focus on that. And then after doing that, what, what we hope to do is, is to have a time where we can do some coaching and developing so that you can understand more fully and completely about what your gifting is. Is that fair enough? Okay. Um, so and I'll be asking some of y'all to help, help us with some of this coaching that we'll do because some people I think are ready, ready to plug in. They just don't know where to plug in. Uh, some people are still doing their own thing and they're not really ready to plug in. But I, I, I believe as a pastor that we have people here who saying, you know what, if 
I need to know where I need to, where I best fit and where I best serve. And so having an understanding of that gifting will will guide you and, and move you toward the area where you best serve. So he says now. So regarding your sp- question about the special abilities the spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Verse number two. Let's read. It says, you know, that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. He says, so I want you to know that no one speaking by the spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The verse says, next verse says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Everybody say the Holy Spirit is the source of all spiritual gifts. All right. Uh, verse number five, let's read together. It says, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Next verse says what? God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. He works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Next verse, let's read together. It says what? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, right? Now, keep reading. Uh, verse 8 said, To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Uh, the same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Next verse says what? He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Are y'all tracking with me? So as we look at this, look at your outline, the vision. Uh, our vision is for the church to identify and place believers in meaningful places of service where they can be fruitful and fulfilled. Have you ever been in church or involved in ministry at a certain period of time where you feel like, well, really, I'm not, I I know I'm glad to be a part of my church, but I don't know quite where I fit in. I don't know quite where I can be of the best use as a member of the Elizabeth Baptist Church in Benton, Louisiana. Uh, and if you if you're in that position, just hold on. We, hopefully, by the time we get through this, you'll know uh, what your gifting is and you'll be able to uh, to slide right into an area uh, where you can serve best. OK, so uh, so that's, that's our goal is to, is to is to identify and to place believers in meaningful places of service. So why do we why do we serve anyway? This is real important. These are two things you've heard this before, but I want you to keep this in mind. There's a twofold biblical purpose for serving. We are to, number one, glorify God through our service. And number two, we are to edify others. Everybody say glorify God, edify others. You'll hear me repeat that time and time again. Those of you all who took the network spiritual discovery class know that that's that's the mantra. Any spiritual gift that is utilized is never utilized to bring attention to yourself. If your gift is being utilized so that you can receive accolades, then you are missing, amen, what gifting is all about. There are people who, because they have, uh, they don't know who they are in Christ, and there are people who, because, because they have 
insecurities about who they are uh, will use all their time and they in the, maybe the talents and gifts that God's given to try to draw attention to themselves, to get accolades, to get likes on Facebooks, Facebooks, to get likes on Facebook, to get uh, uh, pats on the back, to get uh, you know uh, their hands shaken, and to to have their name mentioned from the pulpit, or to to have their name in the program. And if that name is not called, if that name is not boosted up, they get somewhat upset in ministry and think that people don't appreciate them because they did not call their name. When a person has that mentality and that approach, then they, they, they have misunderstood the purpose of the gifting that God has placed inside of them. It is for twofold purpose. Number one is what? To glorify who? That means that if my name is never called, I need to be able to still serve. If my name is never highlighted, I still need to be able to do what I'm doing because I'm doing what I'm doing to give God glory and to build others up, right? But if, if now again, I know we have people who are somewhat sensitive, they feel it's on their shoulders, but you got to get beyond that because spiritual gifting is not about how you feel. It's about two things, what? Glorifying God and doing what? Building others up. All right, so that, don't, don't, don't miss that, okay? So let's look at two key passages as we walk through here. So uh, glorifying God and edifying others. Now look, look here, let's go to Exodus the 20th chapter, and y'all know this, uh, this is from the, the Ten Commandments, we'll look at that right quick, and, um, and, and bring out some observations here, okay? Uh, it says here, then God gave the people all these instructions. Verse 2 says what? I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. Next verse says, you must not have any other God but me. Next verse says, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image or anything in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea. Verse five says, you must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affections for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. Verse six says, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Next verse says what? Let's read. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Next verse, you have six days each week to, to, for your ordinary work. It says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. This is God, amen, giving, amen, the, what we know as the Ten Commandments. So let's look on your outline. We kind of summarize them for him. The, in these Ten Commandments, uh, the first four were don't have other gods before him. Don't worship idols. Don't take God's name in vain. And remember the Sabbath, right? The focus of those four is what? God and how we are to love him. Those first four commandments are focused on whom? God, all right? This is just about tying into what we said the purpose of spiritual gifts is, is to glorify God and to edify others. Uh, look, at the, look, look at these next uh, six of them. It says, honor parents, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't be a false witness, and don't covenant, covet. These, the focus of these six is on others and how we are to love them. So uh, when we look at our life as believers and how God wants to use us, he wants to use us to do what? To glorify him 
and to build up and edify others. He wants us to love him and to love others. Guys, I'm telling you right now, the, Jesus even said it when they asked him what was the greatest commandment. He says, really, to love thy, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I promise you, I, 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 I will bet my whole life on it. If you, would, if you would do those two things, God will be pleased with you. If you just love him with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. You, you, you can't go wrong doing that. Everything about who we are and what God aspires for us to do is wrapped up in that command, loving God and loving people. Amen? Are y'all with me? And the problem comes in is that when we start relating with people, hello, when we start relating with people and then people aren't or they don't meet our expectations, right? Or people who we relate to or we in relationship with do something that disappoints us or do something that upsets us, right? That, that therein lies the problem because that loving your neighbor as yourself thing and praying for those who sp- despitefully use you, which is in the Bible, becomes somewhat hard to do when you're in relationship with a person who is not very pleasant from time to time. Or maybe you're the person who's not very pleasant and you're hard to be loved. What we got to do is realize that, that, that the, the, the process of loving God and loving people is paramount to our being effective in ministry. And we're going to be challenged to do that when we are in relationship with people because just like we are, we have faults and we have little idiosyncrasies and little ways of doing things that gets on people's nerves. Come on. Other people have ways of doing things and have little idiosyncrasies that get on our nerves. And so when people start getting on your nerves, that loving part becomes a challenge. That's why you got to trust in God and the Holy Spirit to help you love people unconditionally. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it in your own little strength. I don't care how mature you are. I don't care how much experience you got. There, there's going to be somebody who come into your life that you're going to take the Holy Ghost to help you to get along with them. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Some folks won't let you live peaceably with them, but you still got to love them. Are y'all still tracking this? Some of y'all just, I, when, when every time I say that, I can see some of y'all's mind just start to work. And that, that image of that person just pops up immediately in your mind. And you're sitting there thinking, yeah, Pastor, preach it. I see you right now. Oh, I see him right now, Pastor. Yes, you know I need the Holy Ghost to help me. And we do. All right? But the fact remains, these two things that we're looking at here with a spiritual gift discovery, along with loving the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, and soul, and loving your neighbor yourself, we go back to when our spiritual gifting is, is, is put into play, it's to glorify God and to do what? Edify others and to build others up. So uh, we see this. The focus is on these last six is on, on others. Now let's go to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Look at verses 37 through 40. Okay. Y'all still tracking with me? All right. This, this is important because um, we, 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 are, we are required uh, to utilize our gift. And when we discover what it is, we begin to move into that area. Um, uh, when, we, when we are doing that, we're going to be in that place that God wants us to be in. Watch what Jesus said here. Jesus replied, 
You, this is what I just quote, quoted a while ago. You, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Next verse says this is the first and greatest commandment. Remember that. Back up. Back up to that one again. Uh, verse number 37 says what? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Now think about that for a second. Think about this for a second. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. That means what God is requiring us is, is to be into him. Have you ever been into somebody? In other words, when I say been into somebody, it means that you, you, you've been smitten by that person. You know what that terminology means? That means that, 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 that they, 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 they got you. They got your heart. They got, they got you where you, you just, you know, uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. Or you just too busy thinking about my baby. Ain't got time for nothing else. That kind of smitten. Are you following me? All right. Uh, so so you, you, you're so engrossed and you're so, 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 so captivated by this individual that when you wake up in the morning, come on, I need, I, need some, I need somebody to go back and remember how it used to be. When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about how can I get to this person? When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about how can I dress to impress this person? Is that right? Oh, don't y'all look at me and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. When you wake up in the morning, you're figuring out when will I carve out time in my day to interface with this person, to, to be with them, to spend time with them. Right? Do any of y'all remember when you were dating, when you were, you were the, the, the process of courtship, when you got to know that person and you became smitten by them? When butterflies was just kind of roll up on in your stomach when you saw the person. What God is saying is, when you wake up in the morning, I want your love to be so uh, so, so focused in on me that you you think about, I, I can't wait to get get before my God and begin to commune with him and have some time with him. That's what God wants. That's what it means to love him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. You are focused and dialed in on him. Now, guys, let me tell you something. And if we're honest about it, all of us in here can probably admit that we've fallen short in loving the God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Because there are times when we get up and we don't think about him. Amen. Even though he's been watching over us while we slumbered and we slept. Our mind is not on him. But just like you had your mind on that person. Some of y'all, some of y'all dating somebody right now. You're thinking about him right now. And just like you think about that person, I want you to start thinking about God. Just like that. That's what it means to love him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Okay? That means that every fiber of your being is focused on loving God. All right, y'all with me? So let's keep, can we move on? Next verse. This is the first and the greatest commandment. 39 says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbors yourself. We already went over this, okay? The entire law, this is what I'm going to get to, the, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. He says everything hinges on loving God. I mean, passionately, all your heart, mind, and soul, and then loving your neighbor as yourself. Everything that we do is based on that, okay? Y'all with me? All right, so let's go a little bit deeper. In, uh, if you go uh, th- these, uh, in these Old and New Testament passages that we, s- we see the Bible's twofold emphasis, we are to love or glorify God and love or edify others. 
That's what we think. That's what we're talking about. That's what we focus on. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. Again, spiritual gifts are not so you can show out. Spiritual gifts are not so that your name can be called. Spiritual gifts are not so that you you so so you can uh, be be uh, you know given a appreciation program. Spiritual gifts are about you uh, glorifying God and edifying others. All right. So let's go uh, look look what you at the, at the bottom of the outline. First, our serving glorifies God. First, our serving glorifies God because it is a form of worship. Go to Romans, the 12th chapter. It's a form of worship. Romans 12 and 1 says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Okay, verse 2. Let's read this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Y'all know this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Gotta go back to verse one again, the latter part of verse one. Look, look what it says here. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. He says, give your bodies to God. How do you give? Come on now. How do you give your body to God. Somebody talk to me. How do you give or relinquish your body to God? What, is, what does that look like? And I know that spiritually speaking, we see that and we read it and we talk about it and we shout over it. But what, is it, what does it look like to give your body to God? Real quickly, succinctly. Come on, talk to me. What is it? How do you, what does that mean to you, Daisy? To submit. to submit to him. So how do you submit to somebody you can't see? You got to trust them. How do you trust somebody you can't see? How do you submit to somebody you can't see? Ah, there we go. There we go. Obey his word. Not everyone that said to me, Lord, Lord is going to end the kingdom, but he that doeth the will of my father is in heaven. Obedience to God's word, amen, signifies that we are giving ourselves to him. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them, church, what is them? No, no, what? Yeah, what is them? Our bodies, right? Go back and let's read again. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. In other words, when I sacrifice this flesh, when I, when I make this flesh do something that it does not want to do. When I, when I, when this flesh wants to go in a divergent direction from what God's word says, then I, I, when I, here's how, here's how I know I'm really uh, giving my bodies and sacrificing my body to the Lord is when I, uh, I can make this flesh do what it don't want to do. All right. A living sacrifice. How can a sacrifice be living? Because a sacrifice, by the very meaning of the word, means that something has to die. And what, what Paul says here in Romans, he says, offer your body as a living sacrifice. In other words, although I'm still living physically, spiritually, I'm going to kill the flesh. That means that when my flesh wants to do something that doesn't line up with God's will, I kill it. Okay, when your flesh wants to drink something that God says is not healthy for you to put in your body, then you, you tell your flesh, you know what, I know we used to drink this, but we're not going to drink it anymore. 
I know we used to smoke the cigarettes, but we're not smoking anymore because your body belongs to God and you don't want to kill the body prematurely. And we know from a scientific fact and and government regulations have made cigarette companies put the labels on the cigarettes to tell you how much it's killing you. Now, if you're smoking, listen, I'm I'm praying for you that God will relinquish that taste out of your mouth. We've had people in here, Sister Harris, Mama Kirk and others, Laura, who used to smoke and now the Lord delivered them from smoking. All right. But smoking was killing the body. Any ex-smokers in here? Don't, don't be ashamed. Anybody? You smoke? Okay. All right. But, but, but thank God they delivered you. But so, so that's not healthy for your body. So anything that's, that's not good for my body, anything that's uh, causing my body to transgress God's will, when I, when I offer my body as a living sacrifice, then now uh, I, I'm, I'm doing what he says here. I'm submitting my, my flesh, my will, in my flesh to what God's word says, even when I don't feel it. Here's the thing, guys. Doing what God says ain't got nothing to do with your feelings. And that's the, that's the, that's where we run into the problem. When, when, the, when the Bible says pray for those who despitefully use you, you ain't got to be feeling like praying for them. You pray for them. Because when somebody's upset you, the chances are you don't really want to pray for them. But if you are submitting to the Lord's will, and when you have 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 capsulized this scripture and begin to, to operate in it, you'll pray even when you don't feel like praying. You'll be praying when you got a little alt in your heart. Well, isn't that hypocritical, brother pastor? No, it's not hypocritical. It's what it's doing is, is you're performing truth until your flesh lines up with truth, until your feelings line up with truth. See, I'd rather be obedient and, and not be feeling it than to be disobedient so I can line up with my feelings because ultimately my feelings are not what's going to get me where I need to be. It's being obedient to God's will. So watch this. Watch this. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Now, in order to do that kind of stuff, you got to kill the flesh. You literally have to t- you really you literally have to train the flesh, train your emotional soulless ram to line up with the spirit ram. The spirit ram lines up with the word of God. Because there are gonna be times, guys, when you don't you don't want to do you don't want to do certain things uh, because of your soul ram, your feelings, your emotions, your, your experiences. All that is causing you not to really want to do what the word says do. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do this scripture here, here's what it says. Watch this now, because many of us think we're worshiping God by oh hallelujah, glory to God, resha by the thank you Jesus, hallelujah. And some of us say it really, we jerk with it. Like that make it more. Here's worship. Watch what he says. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So some of us have thought we've been worshiping God, but we really haven't been. We've been singing to God, but we haven't been worshiping because worship means that 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 I, I, I train my flesh, I, I subject my flesh to the Holy Spirit's leading, and that means that I, I allow my flesh, or I make my flesh submit and get up under the Word, even when it doesn't want to do it, even when my my soul ram, my feelings don't want to do it, but I'm gonna push my soul ram, my feelings, and my flesh under the direction of the Holy Spirit. 
which means that I'm, I'm going to put it up under the direction of the word. I'm going to do the word when I don't even feel like doing the word. Y'all heard me say before, obey until your feelings catch up. If you obey, if you obey along, if you obey long enough, your feelings will catch up. All right. Many, many of you sitting right here right now. I know, uh, you know, I've been pastoring for 30 years now. This is year number 30. I know many of you sitting right here. You're led by how you feel. Rather than what you know. And what he's saying right here is if you if you if you're really going to worship God, you got to present your body as a living sacrifice. I mean, kill the flesh, uh, kill that soul ram. I mean, renew that soul ram, kill the flesh so that you can submit to God's word even when you don't feel like it. That's the way you truly worship him. Y'all got that? All right. Spent too much time on that. But let's move to the next one. OK, go with me. If you were the first Peter, the fourth chapter, verse number 11. So first of all, our serving glorifies God because it's a form of worship. It's a form of worship. Serving is a form of worship, right? It's a form of worship. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God. Through Jesus Christ, watch this, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So our, again, look what he says. Uh, whatever you do, he says, do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So first of all, our serving glorifies God because it's a form of worship. Secondly, our serving builds up. It builds up or edifies others. Go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 11 through 12. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 12. OK. Watch this. Because, guys, when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's not a matter about just learning what my gift is. If I don't have the right attitude, if I don't submit my my will to the Lord's will and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to produce his fruit in my life. Just learning about the spiritual gift doesn't do very much good because I can be like the Corinthian church exercising the spiritual gift. Now, remind you, the Corinthian church, if you remember, we've been going through scandalously inside look at the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was flourishing with spiritual gifts, tongues, prophecy, but their lives were not in accord to the Holy Spirit's way. They were doing stuff and allowing stuff into that church that should not have been there. Y'all with me? So what we want to do is, is understand that, uh, first of all, uh, make sure we're saved. And then secondly, after making sure we're saved, make sure we're filled with the Holy Spirit, which means we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? When I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, that means that I don't allow my flesh to take over. I, I make it subject itself unto the word of God, okay? Watch what the text says here. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, right? Let's go verse number 12. Their responsibility is to do what? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. He gave those fivefold ministry gifts and their responsibility. My responsibility as your pastor is to equip, equip you to do the work. So you can build the church, the body of Christ. So if we don't know what our gifting is, if we don't know what the area where we best serve and where we best can, can, can plug in, then we, we won't be as effective as we need to be. Because 
as your pastor, I need you to be effective so we can build the church. I've said it before and I said it again, all of us in here, every one of you in here have giftings that we need. And we got to get you on point knowing what it is and flowing and operating in it the right way. OK, go to go to the second page on, on the back. All right. Y'all with me still? All right. So the, the, the purpose uh, of uh, for serving and utilizing our spiritual gifts is to do what? Number one, to do what? Glorify God and do what? So why do we use these spiritual gifts? Why do we serve in ministry? Glorify God and edify others. Don't forget that. We'll keep going over that time and time again. Glorify God, edify others. It's not for our purpose, not for our glorification, but it's to glorify God and to edify others. So now, how we're to serve, we're going we're to develop something that we're going to call a, a servant profile. A servant profile. Your servant profile will consist of three things, Okay. As we go through this, this study, it's going to consist of three things. Number one, your spiritual gifts, okay? That's your, your spiritual gift, gift, many, most of us have, well, all of us have at least one, but many of us are going to have more than one, okay? And we're going to identify your top three. So uh, your servant profile is going to be developed, and we'll keep a record of it, uh, So uh, of your spiritual gifts, which will indicate what? What you do best. Your spiritual gifts indicate what you do best. In other words, this will be the area where you'll be competent in. Now, to be competent means that you do something with a high level of, 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 of degree of, um, what's the word I want to use? A high level of uh, proficiency. There it is. Come on, talk to me. Somebody help me there. A high level of proficiency. If you are gifted in the area, it's going to show up in your competency. If you're not gifted in an area, then you won't be very competent in that area. Some of y'all have, I think Sister Connie has a gift of creative communication. All right. And, and, and she can think of stuff that I wouldn't, if, if, you, if, if you put a gun in my head, I couldn't think of it. I mean, but it's, it's, it's just stuff that just, it seems like it just comes from somewhere. I don't know where it comes from, but it's just, it just creative, creative Creativeness, that creative communication, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, she has, she has that. Now she don't think anything about it, but people who don't have it think something about it. Because pe- when you're gifted in an area, you don't think very much about it because it's what you are gifted to do. Are you with me? So spiritual gifts indicate what you do best, and you'll be competent when you're doing what you do best. Right. Second thing, uh, personal style. Personal style indicates how you best serve, how you best serve. In other words, you'll be confident because you, you, you know how you best serve. And then third part of your personal profile or your servant profile is, uh, is, is, is ministry passion. OK, it indicates where you best serve. OK, in other words, where you best. Serve. You're going to be motivated. I've used this example when I talked to class before. I said you may have the gift of teaching. All right. But your ministry passion may be for youth ministry and like not the elderly or vice versa. Say, for instance, if you had a ministry for teaching, uh, but your passion is for the elderly. But I put you in a class of 11 and 12 year olds and you are bored them to death. But when you go to the senior class, man, y'all be in the, y'all just having a good time. It's just that when I had you over here, that wasn't your ministry passion. Right. Even though you had to get the teaching, 
I had you plugged in into the wrong area. Correct? How many of y'all, how many of you like working with youth? I mean, you, you, you have a, a joy working with youth. We got a few, right? Okay. How many of you don't really care to work with youth? It's not, it's, it don't mean you're a bad person. Okay. All right. So, so some, some of you may not really care to work with youth. Uh, that's why, guys, I, I'll tell you, I believe this. I believe that even in a secular uh, 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 society, you know, when it comes to our education system, I want teachers who enjoy teaching, teaching my children. I, I want somebody who, when they wake up in the morning, they think about, okay, how can I, how can I enlighten the mind of a youngster? How can, I, how can I transform that person's world by giving them some information and knowledge and confidence to be able to move forward in, in, in life and, and, and do something spectacular? That's the kind of person I want teaching. I don't want the person who shows up to my, well, you know what, I ain't got a raise in 10 years. And teachers all to get raises. Y'all hear me? Teachers need to be paid well. Are you with me? Cause think about this for a second. This, this is not this is not a a, a, a campaign deal. They get ready to vote for something here in Bozier here uh, in May fourth. But it's not. This is not a a, a campaign for anything. But I, here's what I believe. I believe if you are are, are 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 chosen to try to prepare people for life, that's important. And I want best teachers teaching. I want people who have that 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 passion for children to learn in the classroom. And the ones who don't have that passion, who just did it because we get the summers off, they need to go find them a sales job. Because I want the best teaching, just like even in ministry here, you know, I want the best teachers teaching. I want somebody who's passionate, who's going to study their lesson, and who can connect with those who are in the classroom. Are you following me? Because when, when you are connecting, people are learning. Are you with me? But we'll go back to our outline here. We said, so your, your, your servant profile will consist of your spiritual gifts, which will indicate what you do best. All right? Uh, your personal styles will indicate how you best serve. Okay? Uh, and the ministry passion will indicate where you best serve. All right? You got a passion for a certain area. And here's, here's what we're going to learn, guys. It's okay, and it's not, you know, here's what we got to guard against. Sometimes when people have a, a special, a spiritual gift in a certain area, and they have a ministry passion in that area, they'll get mad at you because you're not as passionate about that area as they are. Okay? Maybe you are passionate in another area that they're not passionate in. So we can't begin to judge the spirituality of a person because they don't have the same gifting or the same ministry passion that we do. Okay? Y'all with me? It takes all of those to make this thing flow good. Are y'all with me today? All right. So, so again, look, look at spiritual gifts description here. Just, just make a note of that, highlight it, mark it. Here's what we're going to continue to go back to. Okay. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit and distributed to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. Look at that again. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given by whom? Given by whom? Not given by your auntie who told you you're going to be a preacher one day. Man, I had three people tell me I'm going to be a preacher. Well, did the Lord tell you? That's what I want to know. I told somebody this. I said, when someone comes to me and tells me I feel like God has called me to preach, I say, oh, okay. 
That's all I say. I don't I don't encourage them and I don't discourage them. And 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 I've had people who from time to time, you know, kind of maybe looked at me a little strange. But here's why I don't do that. If the if, if the Lord, if it's really a calling from the Lord, me saying something positive or negative won't discourage you. If I can discourage you by not saying anything, you ain't really been called. Because a calling is a passionate thing. It, it's, it, it, I, I can't describe it. It, it, just, it wells up in you. And you know, no matter how often, how often you try to chase it away. And guys, I'm going to tell you, before I started preaching, I chased it away for about two years. It would come and go. Then it will come stronger and stronger. To finally it got to the point to where, man, I, just, I, I couldn't even sleep. Because until I confessed that publicly, God is calling me to preach. And y'all, y'all heard my story. Guys, I was the most unlikely person to be called to do what I'm doing right now. That's why I know it's the Lord. And I, I, I would, you know, go back to when I was 18, 19, and 20. You couldn't have told me that I was going to be doing this. But at 22, God called me to preach. So God can take you, yes, you right where you are, and, and, and gift you and empower you, if you will yield yourself to him, he can transform your whole way of looking at life and your whole way of doing ministry when you learn how to flow in your gifting, okay? Y'all with me? So, Holy Spirit gives him. So, look at these values and principles. We're going to let you go to the house, okay? We're going to roll through this real quickly. I gave this for your information. You can look at them when you get home. So, so we are commanded to serve. It's biblical, right? Galatians 5 and 13. Serving is not an option. Everybody say Serving. It's not an option. Say it again with me. Okay, it's not an option, okay? So if you are a member, you are born again believer, a member of a church, you should be serving somewhere besides holding up the pew that you're on, or not pew, the bench, or seat that you're on, okay? Now, I, I, you should be serving in some capacity. Hello? No such thing as a bench member. We used to say that in our loving way of saying that's somebody who don't do anything. They just sit on the bench. Well, we're going to call you a chair member now because you sit on a chair. You're a chair member. We need to get you plugged in and get you connected. Okay? Y'all with me? And that's one of the things that we'll be, we'll, we'll be working on to try to identify where you, where you can get plugged in. Okay? All right, so... Um, we are commanded to serve. It's, it's, it's biblical. Serving is not an option. We are called to serve as an act of obedience, right? Okay. Watch this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to do what? To serve one another in love. So, Ask yourself the question, where am I serving uh, in EBC or where am I serving um, uh, uh, the church as a whole? Am I connected with a ministry or am I connected in doing something uh, to, to help facilitate the, the advancement of the kingdom principle here in the earth realm? Okay? Number two, serving is a form of worship. We saw that earlier, right? Romans 12. It's God honoring. We ascribe honor and worship to God through our tithes, songs, words, and deeds of service. Okay? Y'all with me? So serving is a form of worship. We already look at that in, in Romans 12 and 1. Uh, serving is a form of stewardship. 
It's responsible, okay? Uh, uh, God holds us accountable, measuring our fruitfulness according to the grace and the gifts we express. First Peter 4 and 10. Um, uh, let's look at that right quick, one more time. First Peter 4 and 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to do what? Use them well to do what? All right, so if God gives you a gift, but you're sitting there, you're not serving in any capacity, are you utilizing that gift based on what this says? Use them well to serve one another, okay? Uh, another one, developing people builds ministry. It's investing, okay? We saw that in Ephesians 4. He gave those five-fold ministry gifts to equip the body so the body can build the church. Are y'all with me? Uh, attention is given to the person, not the position, emphasizing the who before considering the what. Y'all following that? God holds us accountable. Uh, it said, w- w- let me back up here. Attention is given to the person, not the position, emphasizing the who before considering the what. God is focusing on, on us. Who? What, what does he call us to do? Let's not get so enamored with a title. There are people in ministries that, that just focus in on titles. They want a title. Uh, I de-emphasize title. Now, there's a place for titles in the church, but, I, but let's not get carried away with a title. Because you can have a title and not be effective and not have a title and be effective. It's about the who and not the what. Everybody say the who, not the what. People need meaningful places of service. It's purposeful. We're not Romans 12 and 6 there. Okay, we look it up when you get home. Ministry motivation results from the perception of significance an individual attaches to a particular task, okay? So, you know, we, we need to make sure that we plug you into a meaningful place of service, a place where you are gifted to serve and your ministry passion of, uh, points in that particular direction. People, number six, people have something to give and something to receive. Everybody say, people have something to give and something to receive. It's called interdependence. Not independence, interdependence. We come into this world, what? Totally dependent. When you were born from your mother's womb, you couldn't take care of yourself. You needed somebody to feed you, change you, put you on clothes, do everything. You were totally dependent. And we are taught all our lives to grow up to be what? Independent. So when you get 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, nine days is 28, 29, 30. 31. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you for a fact, I'm reading surveys that say that children are staying at home longer. You know, when I was 22, Maria was 20, we were out the house. I ain't, I ain't, I'm not, this is not being critical, you know, but the thing that's happening now is it's 28, 29, and 30. All right? Here's what I tell you if, you, if you're still there, you need a plan. Okay, if, you, if you're 29, 30, you're trying to feel your way, get a plan. You and your parents sit down and say, okay, here's my two-year plan. In two years, here's where I'm going to be. I'm going to save up enough money put my, to save up a six months worth of rent. And just because I need to be out on my own so I can grow up and mature, I'm going to get out on my own. And, and, and I, 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 since I'm living here now and... And my housing cost is as low as it's going to be because I'm staying with you, mama. And I thank God for you, mama. You let me hang on like the rest of my buddies at 28, 29, and 30. 
but I got a plan. Have a plan, right? Everybody say, have a plan. So don't feel bad. You're still holding mom, okay? So don't, don't go away offended. I'm just saying, have a plan. Take advantage of your mom and dad's generosity. All right? All my young adults, y'all, y'all hear me? Okay. <laughs> All right, we, 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 yeah, we, we, we'll, yeah, okay, we, we'll let you, we'll let you handle that one on your own. <laughs> but my point is this, guys. Listen, you got to have a plan. You got, you got to have a plan. Your plan can't be I don't know. Your plan has to be here's what I, I'm planning on doing. Here's how I'm going to make that happen. Mom and dad, you can support me until this period of time. We're going to evaluate and see where I am in six months, nine months, 10 months, 12 months, whatever, 24 months. And then I expect to be here. We're going to look at it and evaluate that. Amen. Y'all with me. Now, some of y'all sitting like, well, you know, you ain't going to tell me what to do. My, my baby, my, I'm going to protect my baby. I'm trying to help you mature your baby. Because sometimes we think we're helping, but we actually are hurting. Okay, y'all with me? All right, so it looks like some of y'all uh, maybe didn't agree with that, but that's okay. Uh, when they fought and still there, you go come back and say, Pastor, I wish I had a. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so let's go, let's go. Uh, so people have something to give and something to receive. It's interdependent. So we said we start out being dependent. We teach them how to be independent. But then when you get born again and you get connected with a church, God wants us to be interdependent. That means that there's a connectivity that's needed with every born again believer so that I can receive from you and you can receive from me. So that your gift that can benefit me and my gift that can benefit you. It's called interdependence. Everybody say interdependence. And that's what giftings are all about. You have a gifting that everybody in this church needs to pull on. Okay? Y'all with me? So number seven. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, number seven. Everyone is a 10 somewhere. It's unique. In other words, ineffective ministry results from the right people in the wrong positions. Let's, let's say it again. Ineffective ministry results from the right people in the wrong position. Making your unique contribution makes you a 10 somewhere. So all of us can be a 10 somewhere. Brenda, we need some 10s over in CK, don't we? We need some, you know, we need some people who got a passion for working with our young people and, and, and got some energy too. Because when you're working with CK, you can't talk, sit down and shut up. Y'all shut up. Don't, don't y'all say a word. How the baby's going to come back and say, Mama, I don't want to go to CK. You got to learn how to control your class in a fun, inviting in, 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 a, in a, an environment where they're, where they're learning, but they're having fun. Do you not realize that CK uh, and, and even nursery has been one of our uh, things that is, that, that is, is sometimes I think some of the kids force their mom and dad to come to church so they can go to CK. And mom and dad have told me that they said, we really enjoy church. The children over there saying they enjoy church. Some of y'all came up, you, ain't, you know you didn't enjoy church. Your mama had a ruler, and you sat there on that bench, and wasn't no coloring book, and wasn't no earphones either. And you better not be up there talking. 
right? So we need some tens over in seeking. We need some tens and we need some tens in, in, in various areas of ministry. So we, we want you to be in the place where you best serve. Okay. You got a unique spot that you need to be in and we want, we want to help you discover it. Okay. People need to know who they are. It's revelational. Okay. Uh, we're not going to go to these passages, but you look those up and go increasing one's self understanding increases the chance to discover the place of unique contribution. So I want you to feel good about where you're serving. All right. Um, number nine, uh, people are in, are in process and therefore need a process. It's developmental. OK, uh, you, we all are growing. OK, and life is a life, as we say, is a journey of growing experiences. Helpful snapshots indicate where a growing person is presently. So we, we, we need a process to plug people in. We got to develop that so that we can plug in. OK. The goal is to eliminate the laity. When I say laity, that means sometimes we think about the preachers and then the 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 the, the people who are not preachers. Laity. Uh, all of us have ministry in us. Everybody say, "I got ministry in me." Okay. So what we want to do is we want to change that paradigm to 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 where all of us are on staff at the church, doing something. Right. The guy who's doing parking lot. Is really important to the church. Right? You know, I, I, I've been saying this for a while. We, go, we got a place to store it now, but we're going to, like the parking lot guy, when you park on the other end of the parking lot, I want to have a golf cart to come get you and roll you around here. All right? And we'll get a golf cart for the parking lot. So, the, so whenever a person pulls up and it's raining outside and you got a covered golf cart that'll bring them here with a smiling gentleman saying, hey, Thank you for coming and visiting with us today. Uh, it's raining out, but you know what? We're going to have a Holy Ghost good time on the inside. And they drop them off at, at, at that door. That, that's going to make an impression. Right? And so we, so that person, we need that person who's a 10 in the parking lot. That's his, that's his flow. Or oh, that's her, her flow. It may be a, a female. But whatever it is, that ministry gift of helps. It's an operator. If you are a person who, who, who's, who's gifted with helps, in other words, you're working behind the scenes. You're doing your thing, making sure that what we're doing here is not, don't have any hiccups because you made sure people got to church without getting all wet up. Right? Or whatever it may be. Or not being tired by the time they walk from the, that end of the parking lot up in here. Because they got here a little bit late. All right? So we want to plug you in, in your spot. So we're going to, we're going to begin to unpack some of this next week, okay? Um, I, I, uh, we'll unpack some of this next week. We, we'll get into uh, the profile assessments. Uh, you'll have some stuff that you'll need to take and give to three people who know you well and ask them to honestly critique you. And, and, um, and when, they, when they do it, don't erase the answer, okay? Because they're going to find somebody who's going to tell the truth about you, what they see. Amen. So we're going to we're going to go through that process. Are y'all ready for the journey? Now, some of y'all have already been through this. How many of y'all have been through spiritual gift discovery? OK, we got. So this is going to be a reminder for some of y'all and, and a reaffirmation because some of us need to go back and look and say, did I really answer that question right? Uh, is this where I really need to be? OK, so we're going we're gonna to talk about this and make sure that we on point. OK, everybody with me? Come on, get a lot of hand and praise. God bless you.